welcome to another Orfe podcast. It's been a heck of a week, and uh, I want to chat about some of the things that members have reached out to us for, for clarification or discussion, or at least to have a conversation on some of the things that are happening inside our industry. So I always appreciate the uh, conversations that I have with those that are in the front lines, and I uh, appeal to anybody that's out there that uh, can uh, share and educate me to, to please reach out to me so that I can be better informed and uh, prepared to be able to assist uh, our 7,000 plus members. Now, uh, let's start with some really fantastic news. And then, uh, I mean, that's our relationship with uh, OHF uh, on a a joint statement in regards to uh, the most recent return to play. Now, yeah, I got to give a shout out to both Phil and Will uh, over at OHF for uh, taking on the initiative of bringing together facility managers from around the province to have a conversation in regards to the complexities uh, and learn about uh, some of the environments that, in fact, that we work in as uh, practitioners and how it impacts what they're trying to do as an organization. And it was so nice to uh, have a common message from both organizations that were going out to uh, the different memberships that had at least the same themes in regards to uh, how things were going to move forward. We understand that uh, every one of the buildings that are out there have got their own special little uh, quirky things that they have to deal with it, be it local politics or uh, or, or other things that may, uh, may direct them in regards to the way that we con- uh, conduct business. Uh, the, the takeaway is this, is that I believe that uh, OHF uh, understands uh, the value uh, in being able to speak to facility uh, operators and managers uh, directly. Uh, there was well over 160 people on their uh, Zoom call, uh, and there was some great dialogue that took uh, place in chat boxes and some great uh, questions that were, in fact, uh, uh, answered. Also have to uh, thank uh, members that helped us by coming together uh, to prepare uh, in advance to meeting with OHF so that uh, we had a game plan. And I'm excited to see the level of uh, professionalism that exists inside uh, uh, our industry. Uh, we have members out there that are very much engaged and in tune what's going on. And uh, as an association, that's our role to be able to uh, tap into that kind of stuff. So uh, if you haven't read uh, read the OHF or if a joined announcement, uh, I invite you to visit it on the uh, website. Uh, and take a read so that you understand what we're doing. And uh, we hope that we're going to be able to get together with uh, our primary users like OHF and have conversations uh, after the pandemic on other things that we talk about as uh, facility uh, staff that requires some better clarification. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Now, one of the conversations that I had this week was uh, surrounding uh, why can an employer, uh, in fact, either tell me to stay home because I'm not vaccinated uh, or fire me, let me go if I'm, if I'm not vaccinated, if I choose not to be vaccinated. 
It's a complicated uh, subject matter, but I'll, I'll fly at 20,000 feet and give you some food for thought on, on why an employer uh, may take that position. And first off, it's their right. They're the employer. They're the ones that actually uh, pay the bills, uh, pay your salary, and take the associated risks with uh, your employment. So yeah, there's a lot of information out there that suggests that uh, what we're doing as a society is incorrect. And uh, again, I'm not not uh, going to get into the weeds of that, but if, if you take it uh, from uh, a liability a liability set point, um, let let me give you a suggestion as or or uh, an example. Um, in the end, uh, if I decide to allow you to come to work and you're unvaccinated, and someone comes in to my facility and they end up catching COVID or getting COVID, uh, that results in a death. And they discover that, in fact, that we were not conforming uh, to what is considered to be best practice. And uh, they're going to um, uh, have the opportunity to seek compensation uh, for this gap. And what they're going to do, potentially, uh, is uh, sue. Uh, for damages, uh, saying that uh, the uh, COVID was picked up in my facility and ultimately it led to a, a, a death of a, a user or potentially they dragged it home and some other family member got it. And uh, I'm going to have to defend that, in fact, they did not get it from uh, my facility. But when I have individuals that are working inside there that are uh, unvaccinated, and I get the debate. I get the debate that, you know what, even vaccinated, people uh, can in fact uh, drag the virus around but the uh, gap becomes is that society has suggested that uh, everyone in fact uh, should be vaccinated so I've got to uh, explain why I did not go down that road so it's a complicated subject matter but uh, you really need to focus in on the fact that it is the employer's workplace, and uh, you uh, serve at the will uh, of your employer. And yes, if you've got a union environment, you have different strengths that are going to protect you if things decide to, to go in a different direction. And and that's the co- uh, the complexity of the of the whole subject. Now, uh, the events that uh, uh, unfolded and continue to take uh, place uh, as this is being recorded in Ottawa uh, is another uh, subject that I'm not going to get into the weeds. I mean, obviously, we have individuals that are passionate with their beliefs and they want to be heard, and and that's their right. But what I want to do is take a look at some of the lessons that uh, you as a recreation professional may be able to pick up on uh, some of the stuff that took place uh, in Ottawa, and and that's surrounding uh, the Terry Fox uh, Monument and the discussion of uh, the way that it was used as part of the protest. And and what you need to appreciate is that <clears throat> even though it seems that it was uh, soft vandalism, and, and it was vandalism, I mean, you there, it's, it's kind of being uh, like a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. So vandalism is the same thing. I mean, uh, ultimately what happened uh, to the Terry Fox Monument under the criminal code is uh, defined uh, as being vandalism. And yes, maybe there was no real damage and yes, there's no long-term impact. Uh, but 
if you take a look at the uh, the criminal code, and and I've got a whole uh, article on it uh, in Tactical Corner on what constitutes vandalism, uh, it doesn't have to create damage. I mean, ultimately, uh, just by uh, you know interfering. Uh, with uh, uh, and some other person's property uh, in a manner that it wasn't originally designed for. It constitutes vandalism. And, and, and yeah, I know the courts have to figure out, uh, you know, how in-depth it is. But the takeaway is that we need to understand um, as practitioners uh, what we can do. And, and if you take a look at the article, it gets into uh, the uh, activities uh, that took place in, in, in Ottawa. Uh, and again, getting into the other event of the, uh, uh, the uh, events that went around the uh, unknown soldier's grave. Now, did the individuals act maliciously? No. Did they get caught up in the moment? Most likely. Uh, but uh, the uh, result is, is that, in fact, they did color outside the uh, laws of the land. And not only uh, are we talking about mischief now, we're talking about mischief that's related to uh, war memorials. And the criminal code has a specific section in regards to the uh, potential uh, legal ramifications when an individual in fact does uh, act inappropriately around these type of uh, monuments or, or um, other structures that are associated with uh, memorializing war. So we uh, we dive deep into the, that subject matter and legal awareness too. And it was uh, interesting when we went through the mechanics of redesigning our grounds courses that, in fact, members did bring up some of the challenges that they had uh, associated with these type of areas, which are, in fact, recreation facilities. Now, uh, the Terry Fox Foundation, I was uh, uh, impressed with their response. I mean, Obviously, they were not going to support or condone what uh, happened in Ottawa, uh, but they recognized that it was uh, not malicious, and they decided that instead of uh, you know making a big hoopla out of uh, what had happened, that they uh, changed the channel and they took the opportunity to promote the, the Terry Fox Foundation. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, the the story of Terry and, and how the monument got there. So in the end, the the association decided, you know what, that's that's a great approach. Why don't we uh, embrace the lessons learned in, in regards to respecting all recreation infrastructure? So um, my thoughts uh, are with those that are responsible for the grounds uh, in Ottawa uh, because they're going to inherit uh, the uh, the responsibilities of maintaining uh, these recreation areas after the protesters leave. And, you know, you can believe what you see uh, on the media in regards to the conduct, in regards to people relieving themselves uh, in on uh, public property, um, and I suspect uh, having uh, worked in the business and held large events that people are going to have to relieve themselves, and and they will do it in a natural manner, uh, regardless of where they're at. It's just a bodily function that has to be performed, and ultimately it ends up there. And then uh, we do know, uh, regrettably, a lot of people do not use waste containers lots of uh, municipalities have removed waste containers because of covid so there's a there's another issue that comes into play so 
what uh, we uh, will take away from it as an association is the um, the decision of the ORFA board in 2021 uh, to assist you guys uh, in defining uh, our work environments because there was a lots of, of conversations and debates on what in fact makes up a recreation facility. So we've come up with the, de- uh, the definition, we being the board and the or uh, being supported by RFA staff, that a, a recreation facility is any land premise location or thing at or upon which offers a recreation or leisure experience for all. So it doesn't have to have a roof and it doesn't have to have walls and it doesn't have to have mechanical rooms. So uh, ultimately uh, the... Um, mechanics of offering recreation activities uh, do not have to be specifically designed. So on the last point, uh, one of the things that we've uh, we've watched uh, and with interest and we have now included in our training programs is the importance of having a tree inventory as part of our recreation asset management plan. So uh, it's interesting to talk to members who actually have cataloged uh, every tree uh, that is under their uh, responsibility. They understand its age and its health, uh, and they are uh, controlling those assets based on that data. So we've come a long way uh, in the last 25 years, and I suspect we're going to go even farther over the next little while. So let's uh, learn uh, from what happened in Ottawa. Uh, Let's continue to uh, share information in regards to what's happening with COVID. And most importantly, uh, let's stay safe out there. So until we uh, get to meet again, thanks for listening. 